of the IB is to create agency uh, within within the environment, the learning environment. This is for teachers as well as for students. Agency meaning giving you a voice, giving you the ability to be able to uh, decide how you want to learn and 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 not necessarily what you want to learn because we have standards, right? So yeah, you, you've got to learn something in grade six, and, and you know, this we've got to cover content. But how you learn that is important because that's the curiosity part you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So you know, if I if I love technology or I've got an interest in football or you know if I've got uh, uh, passions and, and hobbies and and you want me to uh, learn how to research and investigate, if you allow me to research and investigate within the the the, the compounds of what my passion is, I'm more likely to be to curious it. about it and to do it. Yeah, so this is this is kind of where I'm coming from, you know. And, and then there's the connection. The, the other big IB tenant is the connection to real life. Um, that learning shouldn't be uh, a theory. Learning should be uh, about practice. It should yeah. be about reality. Welcome to Think Big for Africa podcast. On this podcast, we will bring you interesting conversations with local, national, and international African leaders from all works of life, home and abroad. Leaders who are doing their bits to progress Africa's development. Conversation topics will range from education, science, health, leadership, politics, business, and many other global issues. Conversations about everything that concerns Africa's development. Africa has so many wonderful achievers worldwide, and this is exactly what we will bring to you on Think Big for Africa podcast. Stay tuned. Hello, young man. Hello, Sam. <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. What did you, what did you buy? Well, no more groceries, <laughs> eggs. Like you suggested, yeah. I did say, I did say, yeah, I know, when somebody yeah. goes out in the morning, it's eggs they're gonna get. Ah, well, <laughs> I, 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 I bought eggs, some water, some okay. uh, cereal, you know. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm good to see you said water, that's good. That means you are you're looking after your health, yeah. Oh, you are, you're, you're buying the good this. stuff. There you go, water, you go. water. Look, yes, look, yes, can you tell me, can you tell me, is it true? You're in the UK, right? Yes. Is it true that in the UK we've stopped drinking water from the tap? Yes. In fact, I will tell you this. I've been here now for over 15 years. Right. I have never drank water from the tap. Wow. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, but see, I came from Nigeria and I wasn't drinking water from the tap. Okay, so it's habit. Okay, so I, I it's just habit. Yeah. So when I came here, the first day, I drank a bottle of water. <laughs> that, yeah. And yeah. That, that, that has continued today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just shocking for me because, you know, here in Cairo, yes. uh, I drink, we drink bottled water all the time. Okay. But, you know, I, I growing up in the UK, we used to drink from the tap. And yeah. it's it something which some people, so when people told me now that they don't, I was I was shocked to be yeah. to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, and I think uh, the the shops are making bundles of money on it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I bet they because, are. because if you go to the water aisle, there are so many different brands. Oh yeah. Wa- uh, bottled water. Yeah. Okay? Flavored ones. Yeah. You know, yeah, they put a bit of lemon in it. Put yeah. the price up by uh, yeah, another pound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in the summer, in the summer, mm. the brand I buy, it's all always nearly out of stock. All right. So I, I, I tend, to, I have to get a more expensive brand. Okay. And the price has has increased based on inflation and the and wow. the summer heat and all that. It's crazy. Brand the, the prices have increased nearly double. Everything's <laughs> increasing. Everything's increasing. Yeah. I said the thing. the things we want. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's increasing. Um. All so, right. Should we should we kick in? Because I'm a, yeah. I'm a bit worried that my 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 camera battery dies. I don't know. Uh, Ooh. Uh, this is yeah. I, I don't know. I, I how hope it works, not. But, I hope not. Yeah. I, I hope not. If it, if it does, <laughs> so, if it does, so, we'll have to think of another solution. But all right. All right. So let let's 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 start. See. Start by telling my my audience uh, yep. who you are and what you do. Okay, um, right. Well, so my name's Sam Welbeck. Um, I'm a husband. I better say that first. My wife might be listening. I'm a father. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a father. I'm a teacher. I'm a school leader. Um, I started teaching in 2010, which is not very long actually yep. in my field, in the educational field. Uh, and I came from an IT background. Um, I was quickly identified as someone with potential and then I started moving sort of through the ranks. Yeah. So, um, I became, you know, like a team leader and then, uh, HOD. And then, uh, I was in the executive office. I was, uh, in charge of sort of exam creation for the, the region. I won't say the company. Um, I've left them now. Um, and assessment creation and pacing. And then, and then I was headhunted by the company that I'm currently with, um, to found a new school. And I did that. Uh, that went very well. Um, so IB school called Monarch Heliopolis International School went very well. Um, it's now a fantastic school in Cairo. Uh, we, the company then opened a new school called Carlton College, which is in uh, a suburb called Shuruk, which is uh, adjacent to Cairo. And um, at that point, they wanted me to found that school. Uh, so I did. And now I'm academic director um, for both schools, uh, looking after sort of policy and um, curriculum. And I'm also um, heading Carlton, until the handover to the new principal uh, ah. there. Yeah, there's lots happening. <laughs> in a short time. A lot happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so just uh, for us to get about, you know, to understand your career uh, right. as, as an, an, an educator, hmm. uh, just tell us what your role, the, 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 the little details of the role you play okay. as po- policy director, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to go into to bore your listeners with the details, but generally, my 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 job is to focus on the sort of the latest uh, research based methods for teaching and learning, and um, to create sustainable and consistent policy to improve the work that we do every day. Um, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, okay. if I wasn't. I wasn't going to go into sort of the, the, the detail. What does that yeah. mean on a day-to-day basis? Good. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not sitting writing policy every day. I mean, that doesn't work that way. But what what I am responsible for is making sure that it's there, um, and that means collaborating with some fantastic leaders who 
I have uh, in, in the team. Uh, it means meeting with them, discussing what they're doing and finding out what their needs are. Um, I, I do things the other way around. I don't know everything. And Good. I know that. And I don't pretend to know everything. So what I do is I have people around me that do know a lot more uh, about the uh, the sections that they are responsible for. I sit with them. I learn from them. And I take what they say. And I try to put that into uh, a system that would work for us all, align those systems vertically, horizontally, and then try to present it in some sort of document that we can all uh, 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 read and follow. That's basically okay. it. Okay. Okay. So that's, in, in a nutshell, that's yeah. your role. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. So now... See, I've, I've, I've had so many discussions with uh, so many people uh, across Africa. And one, one thing we all talk about is that about the declining standards of education. I mean, okay. I'm not in Africa, so right. I tend to listen and take what, what people who are on ground tell me. Okay. What's your, your view about the declining standards in Africa uh, uh, in our education is it is it real? Um, look, I'm I'm in North Africa, and, okay. and th there is a distinction uh, between North Africa and what I call Black Africa, which is under that belt at the top. You know, where yeah. you've got sort of Sub yeah, Egypt, and then yeah, you got Egypt, and then you've got Tunisia, and you got Algeria and Morocco, and then it's that's kind of the, the the top end. I'm not sure when we talk about Africa. I think that even though it's the one continent, and I would love for everyone to think that all these are connected. I don't think in reality. Um, they are in the way that they're treated or perceived. So if we're talking about Black Africa, then I would say, look, I'm not there either. Um, yeah. I grew up in the UK. I've never lived in Africa, although I visited Ghana a lot um, <clears throat> because that's where I'm from. That's where my mother is, where my father are from. But is there a decline? I don't know. I don't know what it was like to begin with. But mm, what I will okay. say is our I, standards... I did. I did. Okay, so you know you you, you can probably yeah. Help me I, out I, here. In fact, I, I I've never I've never done any formal education outside Nigeria. Okay, so if you tell me what were standards like before, then we can I can tell you whether they've declined. So let me give okay. you an example. Let me give you an example. Right? Um, was was there a consistent uh, uh, monitoring and collection of? your views and opinions of what you need to help your education as a student? Was that happening in the school you were in well, as you were growing formally, up? Formally, no. It never there happened. Now, but, like I told you when we first talked, my father is an educator. Okay? Right. So, for us, my father and mother, okay? So, for me in the house, yes. Okay? okay. We, we did that. And I saw my father do it for so many of his students. Okay. Okay. They come to, to him in the house. They sit down and talk. See, they go through what they want to do. And my father okay. advises them. Okay. So okay. for me, it happened. But formally in school, it never happened. Right. Okay. okay? So see, that may, be, that may be a modern way of education, which never really happened in my time. Okay. okay. Now, having said that, I went to my secondary school, for example, was mm -hmm. 
is the first secondary school in Nigeria. So at the time I was there, it was pretty, pretty good. Okay. Okay. Many, many of my, of my co- uh, classmates are all around the world making waves. All right. Okay. So we, we, we had a solid secondary school at my time. But okay. talking to people around the kind of area I, I grew up, okay, when I talk to them, they don't seem to get the, the, the standard of the kind of discourse, the discussions mm-hmm. we have doesn't seem to show me that they have learned so so much in school. Right, right. So for me, looking from outside, it looks, mm, it's not good. It's not as okay. good as, 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 as it was. Now, many of our, of our youths in Nigeria, my, my country, for example, are yeah. out of school. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not looking good. You know? Right. Yeah. So, um, okay, yeah, go on. I was, I was just going to say, one of the, what's difficult when we ask questions like that is, what, what, what are the indicators that we are measuring against? Yeah. You know, when we talk about whether something has declined or not, we need a place to start. And exactly. We can, we can look at where we are and say, okay, well, what's the difference? But it's really difficult in a world which is constantly changing. So, yeah. um, you know, today we, you know, we live in a, in a very technical or technological environment. Uh, to what capacity do schools have reach of access to the technologies which are needed to prepare kids for tomorrow? that would be an indicator which would be difficult to compare to the past because yeah. um, maybe we didn't need it then. Yeah. Um, but what you mentioned, you, you picked on something which is a perception, which is, you know, that when you speak to young people today, they don't seem to have that sort of all-rounded uh, education that maybe you had uh, yeah. growing up. And we can't throw that out. You may not have statistics to back up what you're saying, but it's a perception, something that you feel when you speak to people. And I actually have the same perception. And I think a lot of people probably do so you know if, if we were to use that as an indicator just one tiny yeah. indicator then we could say possibly yes uh, um there has been uh, a decline in what the expectations are for students when they leave and i think part of that is strangely enough and this is a bit ironic and it might seem like i'm talking about two things but is connected to what we, what schools are uh, are, are um, uh, responsible for nowadays. Schools mm. have changed. Schools are no longer responsible for making sure that you know, you know, page one to one hundred in the textbook and can name every date and uh, a person and can uh, do every mathematical formula. That, that's not the only thing schools are meant to do. Schools are meant to create good citizens that transform environments and are, are change agents and, and you know, can communicate well. And there's, there's just so much now that, that we're responsible for as school leaders that yeah. I think trying to compare is difficult. Uh, one thing I will say is I think the standard of education in terms of knowledge and content has reduced. I think it's gone down. Mm-hmm. I think what, what we were capable of doing um, and my generation, and I won't say how old I am because that's <laughs> but <laughs> in my day, in the UK, what we were expected to produce in terms of assessment at the end of school, I don't feel that uh, kids today are expected to do quite the same thing. I think I, I know are, are easier. I think I think GCSEs and A levels are easier today, and I'm probably going to get shot down for that. But no, um, no, not not. I, I, I wouldn't shut it down because 
sorry, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter is in, is in A-level. My second right. daughter is going to do her GCSE next year. So okay. I, I, I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you've seen the you've seen you've seen the kind of work that they're doing. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that the, the grades are invalid. These kids work extremely hard, and and we've got to be extremely proud of them. But yeah. what I am saying is, those who are responsible for creating the environments, the assessments, etc., have have lessened the 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 the, 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 the standards. Yes, the standard in yes, which I, yeah, I, people I, need to pass. I, I, I will agree with you. Yeah. And I think there are there are some valid reasons for doing that. Like I said, there's a lot more that schools now have to cover. So, you know, there may not be the kind of time and focus on content and knowledge that there once was. So I think there are reasons for that, but it doesn't stop that being the case. That's mm. kind of mm. what I'm, uh, I'm alluding to. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, uh, you, you talked about uh, we don't have standards to compare. Well, right. uh, I, I think uh, if uh, the policy demands a, a, a standard assessment, key mm -hmm. indicators, you know, mm -hmm. and yes, if, if we institute key indicators, then we can use that to compare from year to year and error to error. So, yeah, yeah, and that would help. It's sometimes, yeah. it's sometimes difficult, but you're right. Yes, that is what would be needed yeah. um, in order to do that. I, I saw something recently and it was it was um, an Egyptian paper. Now, it was an old Egyptian exam from the 1960s, I believe. And mm. it was a grade six uh, examination assessment, right? And this is in, in Egypt. And I was absolutely shocked at the level. It was, it was, on, it was on Facebook. Um, and it was uh, with a lot of comments which are in Arabic. And my Arabic is really terrible. So I wasn't able to keep up with everything. But those yeah. who were commenting in English were basically saying that this is the kind of work which is now done at university. Yeah. And in 1960, <laughs> grade, grade six kids were doing that work. And, yeah. you know, it, it, again, it just, it, it's only a perception. I don't have the stats. I don't have the sort of empirical... Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 statistics or research to back up what I'm saying. It's a perception, but I think their perception is held by a lot of people, and and uh, you know th that gives it some validity. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're not all crazy. I know everybody thinks their era was the best, so we've got to, <laughs> we've got to we've got to be cognizant of that. But I think there is a perception that things standards have lessened yeah. in regards to yeah. what is uh, what is required. I get, I get you, I get you, I get you. So, Sam, um, yeah. capacity building is yeah. essential in Africa development, okay? Yeah. And for me, it starts by improving literacy, okay? okay. And igniting the flames of uh, curiosity okay. in our young population, okay? So, right. how can we do this consistently, okay? In formal education, and what are the real issues that can derail it? Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> big question, big big question. Um, literacy and building capacity. Um, yes, literacy is is such a such a uh, it's a difficult one. Literacy because it covers so much. When we talk about literacy, yeah. are we reading? You know, are we talking about reading? Yeah, uh, reading and writing. About, that's that's, yeah. that's, okay. that's the basics. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and it is. It, reading, reading is the basics of, of, of learning, um, and it always has been. 
and the ability to read changes people's everything. Uh, yeah, ability to understand, comprehend, and therefore be able to use whatever they've learned in new capacities. That's what learning is all about. Yeah. Um, uh, if we're going to uh, uh, ignite the flame, if you mentioned that in particular, yeah, of curiosity in young people, I think we've got to create an environment where where leading is something which they want to do. That's first and foremost, right? Um, we live in a different world. The kids are not interested in reading as much as they were because they've got so many avenues by which they can they can learn, it, and especially video and audio, which they're much more interested in. All right? Let's face it. I mean, you 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 everyday kid in no matter which country it's in, whether you're in Africa or whether you're in you know outside of Africa, you give a kid a book and an iPad, he'll pick the iPad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So first and foremost, we've got to create an environment for reading, but we've got to do it within the context of the people that we are trying to help. So put the book on the iPad. You know, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not being facetious here. I'm not trying to be smart, Alec. I, I, I mean it quite sincerely. Let's step into the world in which they are and let's construct the environment within that world instead of trying to drag them into ours. Ours is gone. Ours is gone. It's not the same. Yeah, right? uh, this is number one. Number two, let kids choose their topics. You know, if you're going to get kids interested in reading, then we have to be prepared to uh, ensure that whatever they're reading is something interesting to them. All right. So mm. let them choose the topics of the things that they want to read. Um, and and let's try to connect whatever they're reading to real life so they can see the relevance. Of it. OK, um, I'm, I'm coming from an IB uh, school background. And, yes. and this is, you know, I'm not sure if uh, how much your listeners know about the IB, the International Baccalaureate. No, uh, no. Is, is, tell us. It's a, it's a system. It's 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 a, it's a learning methodology. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a practice. Uh, you, know, you get lots of information about it online. There are you know thousands of schools all around the world that adopt it. And uh, one of the uh, um, tenants, if you like, of the IB is to create agency uh, within within the environment, the learning environment. This is for teachers as well as for students. Agency meaning giving you a voice, giving you the ability to be able to uh, decide how you want to learn, and 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 not necessarily what you want to learn because we have standards, right? So yeah, you, you've got to learn something in grade six, and, and you know, this we've got to cover content. But how you learn that is important because that's the curiosity part you're talking about. Yeah. Right? So you know, if I if I love technology or I've got an interest in football or you know if I've got uh, uh, passions and, and hobbies and and you want me to uh, learn how to research and investigate if you allow me to research and investigate within the 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 the, the compounds of what my passion is I'm more likely to be to curious it. about it and to do it. Yeah, so this is this is kind of where I'm coming from, you know. And, and then there's the connection. The, the other big IB tenant is the connection to real life. Um, that learning shouldn't be uh, a theory. Learning should be uh, about practice. It should yeah. be about reality. You know. So if 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 we're going to learn to in- investigate something, let's investigate something real. Let's see the difference between how we used to do something in the past, maybe, and how we do it now. You know, if we're reading about how certain things were done in the past. Uh, uh, and then we're just going to sit on, at a paper and write about what people used to do. Um, what's the benefit? But if we were to read about what people did in the past, and then we were to interview our grandparents, great grandparents, if we're lucky enough to still have them around, yeah, and do a comparison there, get their p- points of view, and then interview each other about how we do the same thing now, we could then write an essay, which is connected. Perfect. 
Yeah. You go to real yeah. life and, 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 and has purpose, something that we can take on and say, okay, well, this is going to help us uh, in, in understanding changing human behavior, yeah. in understanding evolution. how change. Yeah. yeah. Evolution of education, us. of practice. Yeah. Absolutely. And then take it one step further. What should we do in the future? Based on what we've now learned, how can we help and advocate for those who are coming next? So now you've taken reading and literacy and you've put it in a real life context. And I think this will spark curiosity within people because it's connected to them uh, rather than just being a theoretical and uh you know and devil yeah yeah it's yeah. boring in other yeah. words you know, yeah. we, we've got to, we've, we you know how many really really if you've got your list if your listeners are listening and they've got kids at home right you don't have to be an educator to understand yeah that the word boring is on the lips of every kid it only takes five minutes and your kid is looking at you what's wrong i hear it every time i talk to my my 15 year old daughter it's boring it's boring yeah, it's boring it's boring. Their, 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 their attention span is, is short. And I think that actually my, 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 my own daughter took me up on that phrase not long ago. She said that it's not that our attention span is small. It's that the ability for people to interest us is, is small. Yeah. You know, if, uh, and you know, I, I took that on board. So again, we need to make the change. We need to make the change. They are used to, Things happening quickly, fast. They're used to yeah. information coming to them at a rate of speed. We need to make sure that we adapt the way in which we teach so that they can learn at that rate instead of trying to drag them into our world. It's not going to work. Um, so uh, uh, you mentioned uh, 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 reading, discussing, discussing plots and um, and ethics and relationships when we read. You know, it's not enough. Go read this book. Come back and answer these 10 questions. You know, what did Tom do when he entered the house? Who cares? Who's Tom and what's the house? Who cares? Right? Uh, uh, but, you know, w- when Tom entered the house, he did this. What does that mean to you? How do you feel about that? What would you have done in his place? The discussions we have around reading make reading more exciting. Because now you're not just reading to read the content and to answer questions on the content. But you're reading to have some connection to you as a person, to your society, to the relationships you're used to seeing. Uh, and, and this, I think, is, is the difference between uh, 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 you know, reading for uh, capacity and reading for change. You know, let's, yeah. let's, let's make it reading for change, and then the capacity will come. This yeah. is uh, yeah. uh, See, what I think. Tom, I mean, Sam, Oh, you have just talked about... You just uh, call me Tom. Yes. You see, see, see it's working. I'm a teacher. You see, now I've got Tom in your head. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I I haven't lost it yet. Yeah, no, you haven't lost me. So, see, all the things you just talked about are the the kind of things my father did with me when I was young. You see, today, today, I love to read. I mean, I love to read. Excellent. Okay. And that comes from the things I did as a ten-year-old person. Right. Okay. See, when I was I was a teenager, I used to go out. I used to go out playing. But okay. I tell my daughters, I'm out playing with my friends, and some. I just remember something exciting. What is it? What is it? I remember. Oh, a book I'm reading at home. I run. Right. From the playground (laughs) back home, just to pick up from where I left. Right. Right. I I I wish 
I can I, I could excite my daughters to dig into the world of books. Right. I will I will take your advice. Okay. Have, I'll try to implement it. No, no, good. Um, good. And you, you know, your daughters are probably much more interested in video than they are in books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but have the, have the conversation around the video. You can you still use the same strategies. I mean, uh, you know, a series that they're watching See, will have characters, my, plot, it will have ethics, yeah, it will have relationships. My A-level daughter just asked me to buy these books. Okay. Okay. I just, they look I expensive. Bought them, I bought them. I've, I've sent the picture to her right. that I bought the books you want. She hasn't said anything. <laughs> because <laughs> because most likely she's not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it is hard. It is hard building that that curiosity within kids. I yeah. think we gotta start young, number one. Yeah. We've got to start young and we've got to have these conversations that I was talking about around reading. And you know, when they are older, we can still do it. If they are more interested in video, let's find video which is connected to books. Because yeah, you know, you know, for example, Game of Thrones, right? Huge, huge series, widely popular around the world. Everybody mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near as good as the book. I read all the books, I've still got them upstairs. All the books. And every time I come across a, a young person talking about Game of Thrones, I I say, you know, go check that, check out the book. I try to throw the book at them. And what I do is I show them how certain scenes in the book, uh, in, in in the in the series that they saw, were really described, and the 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 detail that they missed in the series. And you know, it hasn't worked for everyone, but for yeah. those who I did manage to convince to pick the book up, they haven't put it down. You know, and that and that, I think you know, if we can make that connection. Uh, then you know we'll, we'll be we'll be uh, yeah. Getting I mean, closer. my my daughter says she wants to be an actor, so okay. I try to entice her by introducing introducing her to the the likes of uh, uh Wally Shuinka, you know. Okay, yeah, and I try to talk about some of those books I've read and what the plots are, right. Oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, uh, the question is, you know, is it, if she wants to be an actor, um, you know, what does she need to read? And and uh, um, you know, if if the answer is well, she can get most of her training from sort of face to face or or videos, or then then by all means let her do that. We can't yeah. force kids to read. No, no, no. We we, we can't. Um, but you know, definitely, I think there will be uh, um, uh, benefits to. Uh, you know, to her reading books about people that she aspires to be like. Yeah. Autobiographies, for example. Yeah. That's one way. You know, and again, what we're doing, we're connecting it to their passions. So here's yes. an autobiography by a famous actor. Uh, I thought you might like it. You know, there's a brilliant thing that happened to him, which is very similar to you on page 94. Good luck. Now, you never know. <laughs> yeah. She might yeah. go to page 94. Next thing you know, she's read the whole book, you know. Um, so we need to try and make these connections. As, very as good. Leaders, very as good. Very good. Thank you for that. So, uh, do you have the numbers of uh, qualified teachers we need to educate our young ones? I mean, do you have an maybe an estimate? Right. Um, you mean or in any particular pro- school pro- or proportion? Or, you know, you know what, what, what all teachers need to be qualified. Um, let me let me redefine that. See, right. Again, I go back to my my home country. Right. Okay. Uh, I've seen 
and heard, I've seen videos and heard of so many unqualified teachers okay. teaching young people. And uh, not only are they not qualified to teach the subjects that they're supposed to teach, mm. but their communication ability is lacking. Right, right, right. Okay. And I, I think it, that's one of the reasons why we have so many young people in my home, my country who are yeah. not very excited right. to study. Okay. Okay. So my question is that what, maybe not the number, but the the, the mm. proportion of teachers, qualified teachers to students right. we need. Because I also believe that we don't have enough of teachers okay. in the first place. Then right. we talk about the qualified teachers. So we have a lot of work to do in our yeah. education sector. Yeah. And uh, we, we might encourage or entice people to become teachers. I'm with you. It's okay. a tough one. This, <laughs> yeah, it, one. it is. <laughs> okay, it really is. Um, I, I would uh, the, the 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 blanket answer is that all teachers should be qualified. But when we talk okay. about qualifications for teaching, we normally talk about having gone through teacher training in some shape or form. Like yeah. here in here in the MENA in the Middle East and North Africa, it's you know at the moment it's all about having a PGCE, uh, a postgraduate certification in education, which is the British training uh, method. Okay. Uh, you can come in with different states because in, in in America you have different uh, certifications from different states. So you can yeah. come in with any of those, or you can have a bachelor in education in a, a, um, which is accepted by most international schools, um, which is fine. And and in in Egypt here there is also a uh, um, uh, I'm not sure what the qualification is called, but there is it's bachelor in education basically. You can have done your undergraduate in education and that affords you the ability to teach. But what you're talking about and what you just mentioned is something which I want to touch on, which is what a teacher actually is. Yes. I don't believe that simply being qualified to teach because you've got a certification makes you a good teacher. It makes you, it might make you capable to be able to pass on information in particular subjects and know the strategies and methods which have been research-based and how people should be learning those. But will a kid learn from you? Not necessarily, all right? In order for a kid to learn from you, first of all, you have to have the ability to be able to communicate. You have to have the ability to be able to understand each learner in your classroom, or at least the groups of learners in your class classroom, understand what motivates them, what their passions are, understand how to get their attention, understand how to make them think, not tell them what to think, but how, how to, think. to think. Understand how to, to spark curiosity, discussion, uh, inquiry. Um, you know, a good teacher is one that when the bell goes, kids don't run out. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they want to hang, they want to hang around because they just love being in your company. And so when we talk about qualified teachers, I think we've got to, you know, well, I would like to anyway. I'd like to change what qualified teacher is about. I'd like lead school leaders to start thinking more about the types of people that they're employing and can train. And I'd like school leaders, like we do, we develop capacity within our school. 
Good. You know, we 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 hire people with the very basics, right? Um, when it comes to uh, so let's say for example you've got a bachelor's degree in education, right? Or like most international schools, you have a bachelor's degree in the subject that you're going to teach. The next thing I'm looking for is the type of person you are, how you're able to connect to young people, how you're able to connect to me, just in that short interview that we're doing, how you're able to come up with ideas about how to get this content across, how much you think about what uh, kids need in order to improve as individuals and not just within the curriculum. Yeah. Um, you know, time management, research methods, uh, their ability to lead, their ability to work within groups, their ability to think, forget outside of the box. Like there's no box. Their ability, <laughs> you know, their ability to work independently. And let's let's develop all of that. If you're a person that can demonstrate to me that you have those skills, as far as I'm concerned, you're probably more qualified yeah. than than somebody who comes to me with a certification. And the best way for that to happen, I think, is to develop that capacity within your school. So we've put a lot of focus at my company on, on building leadership capacity, on creating leaders that are able to train teachers. And when you do that, you are more likely to get what you need because finding these people through interview alone from outside and bringing them in is, is time consuming, it's difficult, it's challenging. It's, it's, but having that capacity to build teachers within the school means that you're bringing people in and you are building them, creating potential within them. And then effectively you're helping the, the learners yeah. within the classroom. Yeah. Um, so you need you need professional development. That is the key. You need to be able to create trainers um, who can continuously monitor, who can uh, check on practices, and who can allow uh, uh, teachers to become independent in their progression, to be able to take on action research, to be able to create PLCs with all these professional learning communities, which look at the data that you have and what we can do with it, and how we can turn. Uh, 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 current practices into better practices. Um, uh, all of this can happen within the school environment, within the learning environment itself. Uh, and you can create what we've just discussed as being qualified teachers yeah. yourself. So first you need the leadership in order to be able to do that. Good. Uh, and, and, and to some so, extent the resource. So <clears throat> uh, one of the major issues affecting uh, development in Africa right. overall, okay, Yes. leadership okay right. so first I've, I, I, I see I saw on your on your LinkedIn page yeah. about uh, a transformational leader okay right so I want you to talk about that okay okay give examples and right. link link it directly to leadership in education. Okay, um, crikey. Uh, I, I describe myself as a transformational leader. Um, and one of the reasons I think I do that is because the way in which I lead is to try to change the mindset. I think that's what transformational leadership is about. It's about somebody who is entering into an organization or entering into a culture and changing the mindset in that organization with regards to how to achieve the goals um, and how the people within the organization perceive what we need to do and how, right? Um, so let me give an example. Um, 
the way in which I I lead uh, here in, in 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 my schools in Cairo is transformational because it goes against the grain of what leadership is supposed to be. <laughs> I I I I've started something. It will be very difficult for other leaders who follow me to go back on it now. But people, for example, are used to being able to tell me if they think I'm wrong. That is not something which existed before. It's not. Yeah. It's not part of the culture here. Um, it, it is, you know, it's it's when you are in charge, the idea is that you have this big desk and everyone should speak to you in a certain manner and you make all the decisions and you can effectively dictate the direction, the goals, the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the outcomes, everything, the priorities, everything, right? everything. Um, uh, and what I tried to do when I came along is to say, right, first of all, we, not me, we are doing this as a team and I need everybody to be on board here. And that means, number one, that we need to build a vision. I might be responsible for that vision and I have my vision, but I can't implement that vision without you. So the first thing that needs to happen is I need buy-in from you as leaders. Um, which means that you need the ability to tell me when I need to explain something, when you think it's wrong, what your ideas are. And um, I remember one time being told by HR that I was a little bit soft because they felt that people in, 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 in school liked me and felt that they, they weren't afraid of me. And this was, you know, uh, and I and I and I remember I was I was quite I was if I'm honest I was a little bit hurt by that comment because I what it translated to me was that they were questioning how good I was as a leader and I wanted to be a good leader so I was beginning to ask myself was my strategy working within this setting within this environment within this culture within the traditions here in this country in my city in my school. But I stuck to it. And actually, this is what we talk about when we say transformation. We talk about changing the mindset of people. Over yeah. time, they have begun to realize that it wasn't that I was being nice. is that I was trying to create an, a certain environment, an environment which is not run by fear, but rather is run by shared goals and a vision and a loyalty towards those goals. That can't happen if you're afraid to speak. If you think what we're doing is not going to take us where we all want to go, and you are afraid to say it, you are a hindrance to the journey. You're not, you're not, you're not helping in the journey. So the first thing I had to do was smash that amongst the people that I work with. My door is open. And when I say open, I mean literally it's it's open. Kids walk in. I can be in a, a, in, in meetings with parents sometimes who are coming to the school, and then all of a sudden there'll be a knock on the door. And the door is open anyway, so they can see the person standing. And it's a little kid, you know, it's 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 a grade four kid or a grade three kid. And you know, and I, I look at them and straight away they say, Mr. Wobek, I need to talk to you. And this happened, and that, and I go, Hey, look, I'm in a right? <laughs> yeah. And the parents, the parents Ali, are shocked. It's it's Ali again. Right, right. It's Ali. <laughs> right. Parents are shocked. They're shocked. They're, they can't believe that this kid has the audacity to come to the academic director's office. Why not? Why not? Isn't this, isn't the child, the learner, the focus of everything that we do in school? So why are we so shocked that the learner, the focus, the, the person we say this is all about, why are we so shocked 
that that person will feel empowered enough to come along and say that See, there's something Sa- I want Sam, to discuss. My father would love this episode. You know what? Let's 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 chat with him. Let's bring. Why don't you bring him on? Nah, <laughs> not not today. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> because see, I, it sounds like I see, would love to talk to see, him as well. You you sound just like my father. Yeah. See, he's an educator. Yeah, he's an educator. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You you sound like my father. See, I will tell you something about about my father. Go on. I get angry at him a lot, a lot. Okay. okay. But yet. Even when I'm angry with him, I can never stop talking to him. Okay. That will tell you something. Okay? I get angry at him, but I, I can never stop talking with him. Right. See, some days ago, we spent two hours on WhatsApp talking. My father now is uh, 77, so... Okay. Yeah, he's, he's retired, um, but then we talk all the time. You know? And good. he's he's still an educator first and foremost. Right. You know. That will never change within him. And you, no, you know no. what? I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a stab in the dark here. Okay? okay. Right. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why you never stopped talking to him. Yes. Because he ins- he inspires you. Oh yeah. This is what it, this is what it's about. Yes. Right? Your father I know. is an educator and he's a leader. He inspires you. And, and, and that is another part of what this transformational leadership is about. You see, when you do take the risk to come into an environment and say, we're not reaching our goals this way, here's what we need to do. And you, you give people voice, you give people opportunity, you, you support them, you, you do all of these things as a leader, you begin to transform the culture and the mindset. Yeah. And, and you inspire people to want to do better. Uh, 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 and and that is really what it's all about. Let me tell you a little story, right? Um, I think Africa has a major. Do you know who I am? Problem. Oh yeah. Right? We're, talk, we're talking about Africa. We're talking about leadership. Africa yeah. has a has a. Do you know who I am? Problem. Right. Mm-hmm. In the in the professional sphere and probably a, a, in an outer society as well. But I don't live in 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 Black Africa. Like I said, I live in North Africa. Yeah. So I, I you know I I can't comment in terms of society. I don't live there, but. And I have never, I never have lived there. So well, I, I, wonder, I will tell you. Yes, yeah. we do have. It's true, is it? Yes. <laughs> at, right? at least in in Nigeria, yes, we do have. It's the same in Ghana. You know, the okay. same in Ghana. I visit Ghana, like I said, and and I see that around. Now, I once got a call, some years and years ago. I got a call from my office. Please, can I come down to the reception because there's a parent there who's really, really angry. Um, and, um, I went down and, uh, I assumed it was going to be one of our existing parents. It wasn't. It was somebody who had come into the school unannounced. Yeah. He wanted information that this is to do with admissions and the possibility of his kids coming to see us. Now, remember, we're, we're a private international school. Yeah. So he's effectively is a client, right? We're a business at the end of the day. This is a yeah. client. So now this becomes a priority for me, um, is to uh, ensure that, you know, we, we are servicing potential clients, well, I can't go to the board and tell them, you know, uh, we're, we're doing anything other than that. So I, I spoke to him, hello, so, you know, tried to find out what's wrong. He was extremely upset and he was pointing most of his anger at a lady who is what we call the PLO. She's the parent liaison officer. Right? Okay. Nothing to do with Palestine. <laughs> uh, she's the parent liaison officer. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, her job is to, uh, she's the manager of the front office as well and she handles the admissions. Yeah. So I went to see her and I, you know, I'm like, what's wrong? What's, what's, what's going on? What's, why is this guy so upset? She's really good with people. This is, this is her job. 
right? She was really good with people. And she was nearly in tears. Mm. Um, uh, he'd insulted her. He had been very uh, um, uh, brash and rude in the way in which he'd spoken. Um, uh, and he'd only come there for information. I mean, we owed him nothing. Um, and I know this lady, uh, for her to be in that sort of state meant that this guy had done something. So um, I, she followed me out. We went back from her office back into the reception. And um, I went and I, I, I apologized uh, uh, to the guy while she was standing there. But I also said, look, um, I've just been told that you have done this and this and acting in this way. Is that true? And his answer was kind of, yeah, well, she didn't treat me right. And, and I said to him, look, I'm sorry. All right? Sorry, sir. Um, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. Because he told me, you don't know who I am. That phrase yeah. came out. I don't know yeah. who you are, but I know her. I know her. She's a woman that has put her kids aside to be here on many occasions. She's a woman that stays behind until the work is done. She's a woman that has stood beside me in the decision-making that has allowed this environment to prosper and to become better. So I know her, but I don't know you. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. <laughs> um, he he was furious, and he ended up leaving, spouting some names that I think are supposed to be important for him. I didn't know who those people were. Um, and even at the end of it, she said to me, you know, Mr. Robert, he mentioned so-and-so and this person and that person. You know, are you sure you should have, you know, treated him that way? And I, I, did, I didn't treat him badly. I just refused to take his nonsense and put that in front of looking after my existing staff. And I said, to her, I don't care who he knows, to be quite frank. I know you and I know how important you are to this organization. Yeah, He can go find another school. She's still with me. This was years ago. She's still with me. She's still one of my most loyal uh, 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 employees. She's somebody that I love dearly, somebody that I, I admire dearly and I respect dearly. And our organization is, is you know, 200% uh, uh, better because wow. of her being there. And right. I know that she will carry that with her for, for a very long time. Yep. Um, yep. This is what we talk about. We talk about transformation. I get the best out of her now because she has a loyalty towards the goals which we've set. Yeah. And this is what I mean when I talk about Now, listen to yourself. You, didn't, you don't say they will be loyal to you. You say they will be loyal to the vision and the goals. Absolutely. Very, very different and very, very important. And, right. and said and said purposefully, it's not about me. I'm a leader, but my my job is to support, to uh, inspire, to motivate, to encourage. Um, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a servant. I am a servant. Very good. I am there. I'm there for everyone else to lean on. That's yeah. what leadership is about. Yeah, I'm there to lean on in everything. I'm not. I'm not talking about when they're down and sad. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about to lean on when they need the help. Yeah. I'm talking about to inspire them to be better. I'm talking about to uh, be a role model to them. I'm talking about somebody that they can bounce ideas off, that they can make mistakes with, and be told, you know, it's okay. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. is the, the, this is what it's about. Now, what I find in Africa, when we go back to Africa again is that when I look at, and I don't know them well, I'm not that well-versed in African politics. I'm not going to dare go into that in depth because I'll be caught out. I know where my knowledge is <laughs> and where it, where it isn't, right? But I have perceptions. And I, I, as far as I'm concerned, perceptions to a degree are valid because when I talk to other people, the perceptions are still there. When it comes to leadership in Africa, this is what we lack. 
this idea that you are a servant to the people, we lack this. Um, uh, African leadership, whether it's in, in the professional sphere or when it comes to the political sphere, is played by, uh, by having leaders who consider that, that seat as something which belongs yes. to them. Yep. It, it isn't yours. The seat yeah. belongs to the people. You have the opportunity to serve the people from that seat. And instead, what you're doing is you are using that seat, that position, for your own gain and your own benefit. Yeah. And until that changes, uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have issues. Wow. See, you just talked about what 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 are my earlier guests, uh, Abel Ijo uh, for talked about uh, servant leadership okay we need that very much we need that very much thank you Absolutely. thank you very much yeah so uh i see the strong correlation between values and leadership mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. is there a correlation between leadership and education oh, God, okay yeah. the the level of or kind of education of the so-called leaders? Hmm. Um, yes, my God, definitely. Look, um, I started my career in IT. I never meant to become an educator. Hmm. The reason I think I've stuck to it, because it doesn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I wish it paid. If it paid, oh my God, <laughs> what, a, what an amazing life I would have. I wish it doesn't pay. <laughs> But what it what it what it does have is it, it gives you as an educator uh, 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 lots of rewards. The main reward being that you know you are involved in change in so many ways and so many aspects. Yeah. And and when we talk about leadership and education, there is a correlation because I think the purpose of education is to create good leadership. That's it. Yep. That's it. And and good leadership is about change. We've just been talking about transformational change. Yes. It's about change for the better. Yes. So there is an absolute direct correlation between the two. Leadership is everything, and good leadership can have an effect on generations and generations and generations. Where do those leaders come from? They come from schools, or they come from homes, or they come society. from society. Yeah, society. And yeah. In, in each of those spheres, they are educated. They're yes. educated. You, in one, you might be educated by books. In another, you'll be educated by what you see. In yeah. another, you'll be educated by peer pressure. But yep. you're educated nonetheless. What you learn will become the values that you carry. And those values that you carry will be the, 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 the foundations, the, 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 the cornerstones of the type of leader you will be. Yes. So every leader that is in, in a political seat today, anywhere around the world, um, owes uh, what they do, what they have, to what they've learned. And if there are any teachers involved in that, they are implicit in it to some extent yeah right yeah. so we, we 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 need to we need to view education as the way in which our uh, uh societies will end up being run because the, the people in schools today are going to be in the hot seats tomorrow yeah uh so there is a direct connection there and this yeah. is a very important one yeah yeah that's true that's true so i i see that uh you, I don't know if you are still, but I see that you are, yeah, yeah you must be a public speaker, okay, yeah. and storyteller, okay, yeah. and you have uh, demonstrated that in this, uh, I love stories, short, this I... short uh, conversation, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. so 
public speaking and storytelling hmm. in communication and ed education what's yeah. the, the biggest benefits of you okay. a teacher an educator being able to speak and to yeah. tell stories right um this is what my kind of linkedin thing is all about yes um, uh, it's all about being able to shift perception and, and and change minds and that i think is where the public speaking and the storytelling come in yeah um i i've i've been public speaking since i was about 15. wow um, a teacher saw something in me and 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 pushed me um an english teacher i had called mr shiner um i went to a school called leon uh school which is now the leon academy in um in a, in a small town called bletchley um in milton Keynes in the uk okay um and Close for to me. some reason for some reason a teacher there mr shiner who's passed away since then um mm. He saw something in me and, and pushed me to uh, to enter competitions in public speaking, and I, you know, I started off pretty pretty badly, and yeah. slowly, slowly <laughs> became slowly started winning trophies, and 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 then became a judge. It was like a Toastmasters, uh, yeah, okay, and a, a company called Stone and Webster at the time who was involved. Um, I've never lost the passion for it. I love talking. My wife and kids would tell you that. Um, but more importantly, I love to tell stories. And, and, and it's not about stories. It's about giving people an opportunity to relate and understand to what you're saying and then to be able to change your mindset, to get something good across yeah. to people. Why is this so important in education? Well, that's kind of how people learn. Um, when, I, when I was teaching, uh, and it's still my favorite part of education, being a leader is not as much fun as being a teacher. I'll tell you that now. When I was teaching, one of my favorite phrases uh, if any of my uh, students were listening to this, they'll uh, attest to this. Is when I say, "Okay, close your books." When I say, "Okay, close your books," <laughs> that means you knew. Time. <laughs> oh my God, you knew Mr. Warbeck is about to unleash. He's about to unleash. He's about to tell you about something which is really going to have uh, uh, an, an impact. impact. This is yeah, and this is where my impact was. I'll be honest with you. I would very cleverly connect it to the content that we're doing. That's the whole purpose of it. Yeah. But I, I would I would plan it sometimes and sometimes not plan it. Sometimes it would come into my mind. But the idea was to use this form of communication to be able to allow students to really relate to what it is that they they, they need to learn. And when yeah. you can relate to what you're learning, you can remember it. Yes. You can understand very, it. Very, very important. It. Yes. Yeah. And then you can use that in other contexts, which is what we're talking about assessment. When you've yeah. learned something and can use it in a new context, now we know that the understanding is there. And the best way to gain that is to relate it to your life so that you understand it well. And yeah. so this is where I think the the, the, the benefits are. Um, that's in school. When you leave school, communication becomes everything. Yeah. And if you if if it's something which you have not had the opportunity to develop, then you will struggle. There are people today that struggle to communicate what they want at work, who struggle yeah. to communicate what they aspire to within relationships when they get married. Yeah. There are people who who uh, have some fantastic ideas and could spearhead so many great innovations and changes, but don't know how to communicate them. There are people who, look, apparently if you Google it, um, America's biggest fear, for Americans, not America as a country, but for individuals in yeah. America, the biggest fear is public speaking. 
That's what gives yeah. people the biggest jitters. No, it's not only Americans. It's uh, worldwide. I, I, I imagine so. I mean, yeah. that's the stat that I've seen, you know, on, on, on Google. And, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, for me, that is, um, I can understand it because I remember having that. But having developed it, I can now see how important it is for me. Yeah. And how important it is for organizations that I'm responsible for. And then also how important that is for, for advocating change. You know, um, some of the best storytellers I know aren't teachers. They are businessmen. Mm-hmm. Um, they are uh, 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 philanthropists. They are uh, change makers in yeah. all sorts of fields. Yeah. Um, but what they do really, really well is they tell stories. Tell so stories. They, they inspire people. And when you inspire people, people follow you. And when they follow you, change happens. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, a direct connection. Yeah, that, that's that's very very interesting. Uh, one of the things, uh, my first job in the world is teaching. My yeah. very first job, uh, because in Nigeria, when you pass out from when you graduate from a tertiary institution, you okay. we do what we call the NYSC National Youth Service Corps. Okay, okay. so after my bsc i was a teacher in my own secondary school <laughs> okay. Okay. so i went back there and i was a biology teacher for yeah well yeah that would be yeah yeah 10 okay right. all yeah. right so you're one of us you've, you've been yeah. in the trenches yeah see so <laughs> Now, before then, I have never stood in front of 30, 40 students. Okay. Okay. But looking at what my parents did, and when I was in school, in, in university, I was a very bold person. I normally stand up in front of, yeah, I, I stood up, but in, in, in the midst of other students. Okay. okay. To talk about things. So I was yeah. a little bit comfortable to do that. And I le- I've learned also learned some little things about uh, storytelling. Okay. Because okay. My, fa- my father is pretty good at it, you know. Okay. So storytelling and public speaking is very, very important. Like you said, right. it's, a, it's a very uh, necessary skill that, uh, that uh, teachers, educators, parents, you know, business people need to need to uh, learn. Uh, so, uh, Sam, yeah, uh, uh, we've gotten to the last uh, bus stop. Okay, in our conversation. Okay, I've just realized the time as well because I'm going to have to go and pray. It's Friday. Uh, okay, okay. Um, so w- one I, thing, one thing. Yeah, sure. Hit one me. thing. What's your vision for Africa? African education in the right. next 20 30 years oh, oh you've, you've you've thrown me the the hardest question right at the end okay um, <laughs> uh look I, I look again um i feel like a bit of a a, a a fraud here because my knowledge of the continent yes is is weak okay and i think that's got to be what i'm gonna what i'm gonna talk about then Okay. The reason my knowledge of the continent is weak is because I haven't paid attention to it. And one of okay. the reasons I haven't paid attention to it is it's not at the forefront of most of our minds, especially for those in the diaspora, 
who have moved away, whose parents, you know, became either economic or other migrants and went to other parts of the world to raise yeah. their kids. Um, my vision for Africa is that it becomes a, a continent on the forefront. Um, I can see Africa beginning to shift in terms of media, in terms of music, in terms of dance, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, culture. I can see, you know, Nollywood uh, yeah. building, you know, and we're beginning to enter the homes of people around the world. And people are beginning to talk about Africa in a slightly different way than they did in when I was growing up in the in the in the late 80s and 90s when it was all about uh, 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 poverty and, and poverty. All right. Um, so my vision for Africa and bringing education into it a bit is I hope people like me can start to have a focus on Africa to yeah. shift their mindset to helping uh, uh, Africa develop by going there, by um, uh, helping in whatever capacity they can, by trying to start business in Africa. Um, this is something which I, I, you know, I would love. And I think Africa can enter the spaces of, of innovation and business, not just in, in, in dance and music. Um, technology, and uh, we talked about how you know, the world is changing and how we've all become quite technological. Well, yeah. this, is, this is, is an opportunity for Africa because uh, you know, whilst you're connected to the internet, that's it, you're in. You're in, you're, 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 you're on the same platform as a guy from any other continent in the world and any other country in the world. Uh, you're on a on a level playing field, yeah. And and we can narrow the gap for entrepreneurs on you know in this playing field if we can just make sure that we uh, uh, raise the opportunities uh, for Africans to start business uh, and and want to maintain um, uh, a presence in Africa. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's I'm very passionate about this, although I don't have the knowledge behind it. So it might be a little bit confusing. But no, don't worry. What, your what, your, you know your passion I mean? is the start. It, 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 means, <laughs> it means a lot to me. I just yeah. came from I came from Ghana just a few weeks ago and mm -hmm. I, I was spending some time in a school called the, 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 the Divine Wisdom School. It's a small school in a, in, a, in a place called uh, uh, Kitasi uh, in, in, in a town called Akwapim in, in Ghana. And it's a school which I saw in which I saw students who were fantastic, with so, so motivated, so disciplined, so passionate, and so well-educated. Their, their vocabulary, their grammar, their abilities shocked me. But more shocking was that they had very few resources to work with. There's not mm. even a science lab for people that want to become doctors. There was, I walked into an ICT class, there was no computer. Wow. Right? Uh, 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 you know, Africa has an opportunity. To enter, because of the internet world, we have an opportunity to enter a space in which maybe in the past wasn't available mm. because you had to get up and you had to go to another country and you had to set up. Yeah. Africans couldn't get the visas. We didn't have the resource. We couldn't do it. Now we can. But what we are going to need first is those who enter that space are going to have to be well-educated. And in yeah. order for that to happen, we need the resources in this. Yeah. Right. So my vision for Africa in the next 20, 30 years time is that we are competing on a level playing field online. But in order for that to happen, we need Africans in who are outside of Africa yeah. to to put a focus on and shine a light on and get others to, to to help and to do that on 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 schools which need the resources in Africa. I'm not talking about charity. I don't want to go back to the ninety late 1980s and 90s where we could start singing "Feed the World" and you know uh, uh, Africans have flies on their faces and we need to help them. And Africa isn't all about that. There are some amazing things going on in the continent. 
Um, but what it needs is it needs the children who left Africa, it needs them to come home. If not virtually, if not physically, then virtually, to put a focus on on, on where the resources are needed within education, yeah. to be able to help kids have the knowledge they need to be able to enter this internet space and yeah. to be able to create business within that internet space yeah. uh, and, and to narrow the gap uh, for them, for those entrepreneurs. Um, and th that would be, for me, uh, fantastic. I, I, I haven't rounded it up enough. I, th I did say it was, it was the biggest question that you've asked me. Um, Sam, you have done a great job of the, on this question. Uh, Thank you. I, all, I hope it makes sense. See, yes, people like me who is still outside Africa need to put more focus on the continent. Yeah. Uh, we all need to work together to make Africa the continent we are envisioning it to be. Absolutely. Right? Thank, and we thank do that in small steps. Let's yeah. do it in small steps. Let's do it with uh, you know, uh, Divine Wisdom. Can I mention the name again? Yes. Divine Wisdom School in, 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 in Kitasi, Aquapin. And you know what? I'm going to, I promised them that I'm going to try and I'm going to start using my LinkedIn platform to try to raise awareness specifically for this school. It's okay. going to take small steps. And if I can do it for this school, maybe I can widen it. And if I can do it, other people can do it. And if we keep very doing good. that, then we'll achieve something. Very, very good. Sam, thank you. Thank you very much for being a great guest. Thank my you. Father, thank like you like so I much. said, my father, we happy to listen to this uh, podcast. Thank great. you very much. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Take care. Bye. And you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Listen or watch more episodes of Think Big for Africa podcast with new guests every week. Subscribe to ensure that you are notified whenever new episodes are available.